What's going on, everybody? Howdy ho, neighbors. We are back. Back in the saddle again. For episode 100 B, B. Chernobyl Part 2, Electric Boogaloo. No, just 100 It's going to get hot. Okay. <laughs> but then it... Sorry. Then it slowly cools down? Eh, <laughs> nuclear ash does that. Slowly. Yeah. Slowly. But speaking of slowly... Slowly. Why don't you slowly tell us about headphones? <laughs> I'm not good at this. I'm tired. It's 8 o'clock and I've been working all day. Who the fuck has it? I've worked all day. <sighs> so, yeah. I wish I hadn't been working all day. You want to know about our headphones? Yeah. Go over to our face, over our website. Yeah, darkwindowspod.com. We got links to everything, including a link to Studio Headphones where you can go and find whatever you want, put it in your cart, and you get 15% off your entire order when you put in the code darkwindows15 yes. at checkout. And that's not the only thing you can find there. No, you can get links to our Patreon, which we need to do more of. Patreon. You can uh, Facebook. Links, yep, links to our Facebook, Instagram. And Twitter. Twitter. Um, to links to our... Megaphone. Our, it's actually our Age of Radio page. Age of Radio, sorry. Where you can listen to all our old shit. Because as of this week, Apple starts deleting our old stuff. Mm-hmm. Starting with episode zero. Yeah. The Phantom Menace. I didn't name it that, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like... Episode zero. The but you know what, was. though? Huh. Of, like, our first ten episodes, like, they start deleting them. I'm like, there's, like, two that I'm going to miss. Listen, I want to bring them shit. I'm going to bring that shit back. I'm going to miss our Skinwalker episode and our Wendigo episode because that was, like, the only real good one we did in the first, like, See, no, ten. You don't have to miss it. We can just bring it back. We have to revisit shit. Maybe that's what we should do for Patreon. Like, revisit stuff. Yeah, we can revisit it. Yeah, I love it. I like that. Why don't yes. you uh, lift, lift us up from where we left off? We're, it's not going to be higher, though. No, no, we don't have to be. No, no, we're we're. This, well, this ain't a Creed song. Just, well, what's going to be higher is radiation. Oh, gross. Yeah. Uh so in the body count. <laughs> yes. So last week we kind of left off with uh, them uh, evacuating Pripyat. Yep. After the explosion. Yep. And then, uh, what? Three days after the incident. Yeah. Which is awful shitty of them. Like three and a half hours, they evacuated forty thousand people. Which is impressive. Yes. But, but the it's whole, still shitty to avoid it that long. We didn't. But the whole thing actually, people didn't get like everyone didn't get evacuated for like three days total. Right. So think of all the radiation they're accumulating inside their body. And there was some people that didn't go go at all. Cause like the, yeah. the stalwarts, like the old timers that were like, "No, we've seen this. Yep. We've seen this movie before, and we end up in a camp, and that's so, not happening." So and within forty eight hours of the explosion. The only people left in the military in in this whole f- area are military scientists and some old people. Yep. The scientists eat and sleep right at the Prepiat Hotel, as if nothing happened. Which is only a few miles from the yeah. reactor. Yep. And they had the feeling that at this point the reactor is going to be back up and yep. running by May or June. Yep. No worry. But we'll nip this in the bud. We got it. We got it just in time, right after it exploded. Yeah, and like like I said last time, between the twenty sixth and twenty seventh of April, clouds filled with radiation drifted over one thousand kilometers over Russia and then into northern 
uh, Belarusia, and then the Baltics, southern Sweden, and then they went to Sweden, which which tripped off their uh, their radioactive you know meters that they had going. Set up, yeah, and the, and the Swede. It's kind of sad Swedes, that the, the Swedes had so, yeah. to be the ones that were like. Hey, Gorbachev, there's some shit going on. You might want to check it out. Yeah, there, I think there's some radiation coming from your direction. Yeah. Um, you might want to check it out. And he's like, oh, shit. So he was not hearing anything. 60 hours later, he was like, all right, listen. No word. Sweden just said something. Three days after the whole thing, even the U.S. got involved. Their spy satellites took images of the Again, area. we don't have spy satellites as, I know, as I a know. representative of the United States government. I can tell you we do not have spy satellites. <laughs> we do not. It's a figment. Or everywhere. aliens. No. Or. T-Craft. Uh, um, the Ark. I think they might have that. I'm not sure. But. Mm, not quite sure yet. definitely don't have like planet killing super lasers. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Which. Yeah. Maybe we do. Who knows? Maybe, well. Anyway, carry on. So anyway. <laughs> so on the 28th of April, the Soviets released information to the world about the accident. Gorbachev actually went on um, news. I bet he was fucking pissed. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was so pissed that he instructed the KGB to actually go to Prepria and spy on the scientist. He was so f- pissed that the rest of his head turned red except for just the birthmarks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, at the bottom of the reactor, there was more than 1,200 tons of white-hot magma yeah. that continued to burn at 3,000 degrees, which is sending tons of radioactive dust in the atmosphere. Three days after the explosion, Nikolai and Tochin and his men are sent to the reactor to put out the fires. Okay? they What they decided to do was to have planes fly over yeah and i've actually got the, the temperature at the height was somewhere between 100 to 100 i'm sorry repeat that again it was between 100 and 180 degrees celsius which is translates to 248 to 358 six degrees fahrenheit that's fucking that's hot. pretty goddamn hot yeah i mean that's that's really fucking hot um, they also measured for radiation as well, and then the needle for the tester was bounced off the charts. It went that fucking. <laughs> the general thought that the the level was around one thousand remkins at two hundred meters, and the remkins is what they measure um, the radiation at. Yeah, the with I believe with like a Geiger counter kind of. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Now, j- just for some perspective, when it comes to like. With those planes flying over and dropping stuff, mm-hmm. they dropped somewhere in the neighborhood of five thousand tons, and that's T O N N E S, which is a thousand kil- uh, kilograms. Yes, per ton of boron, dolom- uh, dolomite, sand, clay, and fucking lead, like yeah. powdered lead, so- to help. Like the other, the, uh, the dolomite, boron, sand, and clay is to try to put out the fire. And the lead is to try to knock down the radiation. Yeah, the, so because the- lead will actually stop. And, Some radiation. Yeah, and they were around like a two hundred meter mark, and if at that, at that range of height, one a half hour of exposure, um, to radiation was lethal. Yeah. Okay. Now, because you're literally flying right into the main, yeah, like and, the main jet stream of it, and they couldn't get closer to it because it was so hot. It would have melted the fucking plane. Um, the pilots actually brought back from were actually brought back from Afghanistan. 
to no shit. Yeah, because this was during the right, yeah, right, War. right, right, right. Um, so they these, filled these it, are, they filled them with soldiers, and as you said, they had dumped all this stuff. Well, they were dumping sandbags of boric acid in sand, mm-hmm. like you said, um, to smother the flames. They thought and neutralize the radiation. The first day, they dumped 110 bags. And the next day, they dropped 300 bags. The amount of radiation over the reactor at this point is almost nine times the lethal dosage. Some pilots make 33 flights over the reactor, taking in roughly a small dosage each time. Right. And after some of the, the flights over, the men would stop, wash, get food, and then they get sick. Yeah, well, yeah. They you're, slowly... you're actually getting radiation sickness, yep. which I'm going to talk about here when you, whenever you're ready. Um, now, after one week of after the explosion, a 30 meter area around Chernobyl is being evacuated. Right. This is now the hot zone, technically, is yep. what I think what they end up calling it. Yep. So 130,000 people are being moved, and most of them are already contaminated mm-hmm. at this point. Um, there's a th- 3,000 hectare area between Ukraine and Belarus that is cleared and left evacuated. It's a no man's land at yep. this point. What I mean by cleared, like clear, no, like no people blasted. Basically, they basically bombed it. No, just oh okay. They actually just cleared everybody they out. Cl- they cleared everybody out. Killed all the animals. Mm-hmm. Everything done. It makes sense too, though, because you're you're. Those are going. To, the animals are going to spread radiation, also. And uh, this time, still, the radioactivity is spreading, and it reached parts of France, the UK, Italy, Germany, Austria, and even into Greece. Yeah. Um, now the le- level of radioactivity in Chernobyl is still climbing. Yep. Now you wanna. Yeah. So I, I kind of wanted to get into some of the effects of radiation on the human body, just so we have a general idea of what this kind of shit does. Well, well, well I just want to add this one more thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Go ahead. Sorry. No, so, fine. Um, so, uh, the whole amount of, of, of that boric acid and, and sand they dumped was 6,000 tons. And they, they're having filled the hole, but the white hot magma is was still smoldering. Yeah, there, there's so, no putting that out. That's It's too fucking hot to yeah, put out. Yeah, so, uh, so the the radiation on the body. Right. So, they... they Break it up into three different levels. So you have your tolerable tolerable levels, moderate levels, mm-hmm. and high-risk levels. Yeah. So the tolerable levels would be uh, 0.1 millisieverts is basically the same that you would get during um, like a chest x-ray. Mm-hmm. Is the, the amount of radiation you would absorb. Two millisieverts is the average, uh, the average yearly background dose of radiation in the UK. So that's between... Um, and yeah, there are plants, natural radiation that you get from the sun and other stuff. So, yep. Um, nine millisieverts. I'm sorry, uh, three millisieverts is the average dose for a mammogram, which you know for you know checking for breast cancer stuff like that. Oh, did not know that. Yeah, um, nine millisieverts is the average yearly dose for airline crews, because airline crews you you pick up radiation from natural sources, obviously because you're closer yeah. to the sun and the um, ozone layer and all that. And then, like, everything else coming back up. Uh, 10 millisieverts. 10. Blah, 10 millisieverts is the average radiation collected in the human body after a full uh, CT scan. Uh, 20 millisieverts is the yearly recommended limit 
for nuclear facility workers. So after you've gotten to that point, they're kind of like, you need to take time away, get yeah. away from it to get back to whatever. My my brother-in-law, he actually, I think he's like at that point, like every, uh, every so many months, he actually has to go in because he has cancer and he has doing this experimental thing. And he actually has to go in to get um, the radiation treatments, mm-hmm. and the the radio the radiation treatments he's actually getting are higher than most. So he basically becomes radioactive, and they actually have to get a Geiger meter on him, Shit. so that before he leaves, he has to be within a certain range. God damn! And um, it, it's so high that when he rides in a vehicle back home with my sister. He can't actually. Um, he can't actually sit in the same same front seat as her. He has to actually sit diagonal. So like the back passenger yep. seat. Ha- you know, he's being Miss Daisy. You know. <laughs> so the the tolerable levels um, is, with these levels, there's not usually any symptoms or any increased risk of cancer later in life. So this is all shit that you can deal with, whatever, no big deal. And I apologize if this sounds offensive to anyone, but it was a great fucking movie. It was movie. a good movie. Morgan Freeman and Miss... <laughs> it, okay, it, it, let, let me stop you there. Anything that motherfucker does is good movie. It, it's true. Plain and simple. Denzel he, Washington, too. Okay, first off, A, we can agree on both of this. Morgan Freeman is God. One of them. I think he's God. I think you have different options. And it's not based on race or any color or anything like that. It's based on voice. Because I also believe that Ron Perlman could potentially be God because he's got a great fucking voice too. James Earl Jones could potentially well, be no, God. No, 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 no. I'm Clancy saying... Brown could potentially be God. True. Great fucking voices. Doesn't matter what they look like because you just hear the voice. True. So it's so it's more... It's, it's fucking dealer's choice. It's your personal oh. heaven. Okay. All right. I like that. Cause so For you... somebody, it might be David Hasselhoff just fucking singing. And all you don't see him, but you just you can smell the chest hair. All right. So I get Darth Vader. Maybe. Nice. It's up to you. Totally your call. I never thought of it like that. See? Fuck. Again, it doesn't matter what the fuck they look like. It's all about their voice. Like, I'd listen to any of those motherfuckers read a phone book. So, we're at, what, 20 millisieverts? 20 millisieverts, yep. Okay. Millisieverts. I'm sorry. What did I say? Millisieverts? It's same difference. Well, whatever. that's probably higher, actually. Because last week I was actually saying megasieverts, which I was way the fuck off on. Oh, that's fucking high. Um... So the moderate levels, and here you're going to have no immediate symptoms, but there can be an increased uh, risk for some serious issues later, like health-wise. Yeah. Um, 100 millisieverts is uh, the level when higher risks of cancer are first noticeable to doctors. Mm-hmm. 400 millisieverts is the highest hourly radiation recorded at Fukushima after that disaster there. Um, being exposed to that for four hours or more will result in radiation sickness, which... And we will actually see that. Yeah, radiation sickness is pretty fucking gross. Yeah. Um, think, like, food poisoning on steroids, and then it's like smoking PCP at the same time. Yeah, and exa- and that's exactly what these these pilots yeah. were being exposed to. Um, so now we get into... Well, and soldiers, sorry. Right, well, same difference. I mean, they're all in the fucking air. Yeah. So... Um, now we're going to get into the high risk. 2,000 millisieverts, acute radiation sickness, um, nausea, diarrhea, vomiting, headache, fever, um, issues with your central nervous system, yep. like twitches, shakes, 
contractions. Um, Which is what, uh, um, what's his name? Um, uh, shit. The head of, uh, actually the, the one that was um, leading, the exper- leading the test. The asshole or? Yes. Yeah. Um, leading the test that night. That's the actual, like, close to, maybe it was more. It was, like, more like 5,000 or something that he actually, like, was in uh, ingested or a gas. Yeah. I don't know if you want to. 5,000 millisieverts will kill half of those exposed within a month. Yeah. He didn't die. 10,000 millisieverts is fatal within two to four days. Mm-hmm. Now, here's where we get into, <clears throat> like, the really heavy-duty shit. There's only been a few people ever exposed to this level of radiation. Yep. One sievert will cause instant radiation sickness within 30 to 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. Eight sieverts is instant death. There was a guy at a plant, I believe it was another Russian plant, where he was going to a mixer, and they had to pour... Uh, they were pouring medium into. He was pouring medium into a, a, a reactor. It was, a, it was a very small reactor. It was basically like a mixing area. Yeah. So he had to pour medium into it to mix with the the radioactive material. And when he poured it in, the bucket actually fell in and came back up and splashed him. Mm. And when they checked him, he was at somewhere between fifteen to twenty sieverts. It. He died within a few hours, but. It was so bad that it actually liquefied his internal organs, and he lived for a few hours with all that going wow. on. He was conscious through the whole thing. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, um, and like the the areas that radiation is going to affect the most um, are your eyes, which high doses can cause cataracts. Yep. So smoke some weed; it'll help. Um, your thyroid, because uh, ho- uh, hormone glands are really vulnerable to radiation, and they are a, a more apt area for cancer than most other places Um, and your thyroid especially because radioactive iodine actually builds up in the thyroid Mm -hmm. Um, and the most at risk for this unfortunately are kids yeah because because they're they're undeveloped exactly Um, your lungs are very vulnerable also because if you inhale or ingest any of like this radioactive material it's going to go through your lungs first obviously um in your skin, because you can actually, like, another part of the radiation sickness shows with your skin, where you can go anywhere from, like, slight redness all the way up to, like, the worst sunburn you've ever seen. Because wow. because radiation, radiation poisoning actually, it's kind of almost the same thing as a sunburn. Yeah. But it's much, much worse. Like, it will fucking, like, boil your skin almost. So it's, it's not fun. I'm pretty confident. No. Oh, also your bone marrow, because your bone marrow actually produces red and white blood cells, and radiation can attack the bone marrow itself and um, actually al- like alter the blood cells and cause leukemia and other forms of cancer. Um, and bone cancer is a motherfucker. Yeah. Leukemia is a motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, especially in kids, unfortunately. Um, uh, yeah. So Go ahead. So, yeah, so... Uh, now we're up to 10 days after the disaster. Uh, Miguel Gorbachev, he says, all right, fine. This is enough is enough. He invites Hans Blix. Who is Hans the, Bricks? No, not Hans Bricks. Hans <laughs> Blix, 
who is the head of the International Atomic Energy Agency. Um, he comes to Chernobyl. He is the first expert and Westerner to actually visit the site. They come to find out. I know. God damn you, Hans Bricks. <laughs> <laughs> fucking feed him to the sharks. Oh, sorry. Yeah. That was such a good fucking movie. It was. It was. <laughs> and it's not racist. They're puppets. So fuck them. Every goddamn time, Chinese build a wall. Goddamn Chinese build a wall. <laughs> fucking Mongolians come knock it down. So, yeah. So they bring him in. He starts doing, you know, looking around. And they actually find that what they thought was, was a solution to cool it down the sand and all that mm-hmm. was actually not working. Surprise, um, surprise. Because the magma was still so hot that it began to eat through the concrete floor and is beginning to pool. And if it goes through the next layer into the water below, it would actually cause a second explosion. Yep. Now, And so, a resulting fire and yeah. a lot more bullshit. So... Hans having the knowledge and everything, he's like, okay, all right, this is what we need to do. The scientists felt that if the magma were to have gotten through it, it could have caused a five, three to five megaton explosion. Fuck. Which is more than Hiroshima. Yeah, that's, I was going to say, that's, that's a lot. Yeah. So, Moscow sent a battalion of firemen to drain the water from under the reactor. They would be later declared heroes but suffer from radiation sickness right. the rest of their lives because they were exposed to so much. It kind of kind of reminds me of um, Fukushima, where when people had to go in to clean that up, there was a lot of um, mm-hmm. a lot of older people that volunteered because they like they're basically like we're not going to live much longer anyway, so we might as well do this and let these younger people yeah live out the rest of their lives without being sick, which is fucking tragic and heroic all at the same time. So M- Moscow then wanted. Uh, the breach to be sealed to bring down the temperature. So two days after um, the rate the water is drained, they introduced two thousand four hundred tons of lead into the reactor. Um, at this point, six hundred pilots were exposed to radiation, and they would all die from it. Damn. The fire and this didn't solve it because the fire was still burning. Right. Um. Now, what they didn't know was that the burning, the the lead that they actually introduced, was not solving it. It was still burning. Um. And it was actually going down into the breach and it wouldn't seal it up. So, on May eleventh of nineteen eighty six, the scientists. Um, are sent into a cable and pipe tunnel mm-hmm. that are made from a thick cement, and parts of the tunnel actually were like collapsed, and because they wanted to actually get in there to see what would need to be done, um, so it actually made it tough going, and they had to cut into the fourth reactor, and they find that the levels are so high that the magma is sinking even lower. So it's getting closer and closer yeah. to this yep. god awful explosion that we're. Hoping to avoid. Yeah, and their actually fear is that if it goes even lower, it would actually get into the groundwater, which then would lead to the appropriate river, which then leads to the Kiev River, yep, which, which then leads to the Black Sea. I, yeah, I was thinking that, yeah. So then you're fucked. Yep. Because you're contaminating 
thousands of people, millions of people. I mean, not point. not that we don't do that in Vermont anyway, because there's like four or five times a year where, you know, 300, 400, 500,000 mm-hmm. gallons of sewage accidentally, quote unquote, gets leaked into Lake Champlain from the water treatment plants up there. But yeah. So on May 12th, 1986, the miners of Tulua, which is a thousand kilometers away from Chernobyl, are visited by the mining minister. And they are basically told that they are needed and that they are going to be going to Chernobyl to dig a hole. They have 24 hours to collect their oh, belongings. Man. You, like, that's basically handing somebody down a death sentence. Yeah. On May 13th, they are put oh. to work to get a tunnel to the reactor. Jesus Christ. They dig a 150-meter tunnel, which is 492 feet, mm-hmm. from the third reactor to the fourth, which is 30 meters long. They then dig a, a room 30 meters long by 30 meters wide, which uh, was supposed to hold a refrigeration device for cooling the reactor. Now, to limit the radiation exposure, um, they dug 12 meters down f- before going across. And in one month, they uh, dug the 10,000 miners that were in there range that were this one month period uh the miners that were in there range from the ages of 30 uh 20 to 30 years old jesus christ these are young guys yes um the temperature inside the tunnel would reach 50 degrees celsius which is 120 degrees fahrenheit yep which is hot but you can still you can still deal with but that's all because there was no ventilation oh cute because they didn't want to have you know it blowing Blowing radioactive material out. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it still sucks, but it makes sense. Now, the miners actually worked this whole time without any protective gear at all. They could not wear masks because the filters would get so damp after a few hours from their sweat. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. Um, And their goal was to dig 13 meters per day. That's a lot of digging, mm-hmm. and I'm assuming they're doing it by hand. They don't have a lot of no. They had shovels. Well, you know, you know stuff. what I mean. But they, they're not like in there with fucking excavators or something. No, no, no. They're doing it by hand, like yeah. pickaxes, yep. shovels, yep. wheelbarrows, buckets. Yep. They would. Um, and here's the funny thing: not funny, but kind of scary. It's scary, and it's sad that they that what that they would actually drink water. From pools on the ground, oh. which means that they were ingesting radiation. And they actually, one of the guys um, that, when I was watching it, said that one of the miners actually digested a grain of sand and later died because of radioactivity. Uh, so, you know, actually, can I cut you off real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that just brought up a really, um, brought up something I found interesting. That uh, happened back. I'm trying to find it here, man. I'm I'm digging um, because back in the day, there was um, uh, it was called Radathor. It was sold. Uh, let's see. I, I just I had to pull up the Wikipedia. I, I didn't have it on my list of stuff, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I remember hearing about it. Um, it was sold as a cure all kind of thing. Uh huh. But then they were like. People are like, oh, well, the, it doesn't taste bad. So they started selling it as a bottled water. Yep. It's water with fucking radium in it. And there was a guy that, um, uh, let's see here. This was back in like between the ni- like 1918 to 1928 is when it was really big. Um, there was a man named 
uh, William J.A. Bailey, who was a Harvard dropout that kind of created this whole thing. Um, and a man named Eben Byers, who is a wealthy American socialite, athlete, industrialist, and Yale college graduate, died from radium poisoning from drinking Radithor. Um, he when he was he was had to be buried in a lead-lined coffin because he was so radioactive, and he drank so much of this shit that his jaw actually fell off. Wow! So he radiated himself to death by yeah. drinking this shit. Well, that's what. Basically, that's going to happen with these guys. Because, I mean, it, another one that I think would be a really interesting topic to do would be, like, the radium girls. Like, the girls that worked on, um, mm-hmm. uh, like, flight instruments and Timex watches and stuff back in, like, during World War II. Yep. Because they used radium to paint the numbers so they would glow. Mm-hmm. And these girls, like, they dip and they'd paint. And anybody that's ever painted, you know, obviously, like, occasionally you're going to run it through your mouth to keep a, a good fine point on it. And these girls just kept doing that, not realizing that they're irradiating themselves, and they got to keep a fine point to paint. And a lot of them ended up dying of radiation poisoning and cancer well, you know because what some of it. Also died from lead poisoning. Yeah, because actually paint, it was it was lead paint with fucking radium in it, yep. so it was like the worst goddamn thing to ever put in well, your yeah, system. That's what, at that time, a lot of people died from lead uh, poisoning because of you know because lead was in the paint, yep. so they would do all this stuff. Spoiler alert. There's re- there's lead paint in my house that I have to get rid of. A lot of it. So, this is some of this is kind of getting is really interesting, you know. But um, so they would actually work in thirty man crews, spelling each other every three hours, and they worked around the clock. So now, thirty man crews, and they would alternate every three hours, pretty yep. much. Okay. And now this is the cool part. In one month, because they did thirty-man crews, three hours on, three hours on, so many hours off. They and around the clock. In one month, four days, they dug the hundred fifty-meter tunnel, which would normally take three months to dig. Holy shit! They did it in a month and four days. Yes. Goddamn. Now the danger from them, for them, was actually not being below the reactor. Mm-hmm. It was actually the surface. Right. Because that's where all your all the that shit that came back down is settled. Yes, um, they would have to move very fast because the radioactivity at the mouth of the tunnel was three hundred times higher than below. Thirty hundred. Three hundred. Okay. Because <laughs> you totally said thirty hundred. Well, you know what? <laughs> thirty hundred. Okay. <laughs> three hundred uh. times higher than below. So they would actually have to like I saw like you know, footage of it. They would literally come flying out of the tunnel. They'd have a, a um, like well, one of those mining uh, carts. Oh yeah, yeah. And like Indiana Jones style yep, carts. Yeah. Yep. Dump the dump the sand right out of it, and then hustle back down, because I mean they had to. Now, this is the shit part. They did not know any of the dangers. Of course not. Because they, they could sense something was going on because they could feel like, you know. You start to feel yourself not feeling good. Yeah. But, okay, you go tell 30 dudes, hey, we're going to make you go dig a hole in a fucking radioactive pit and see how many of them laugh in your face. Yeah. Communism or not. I They'd know. be like, fuck you, I'm now, done. Now, here's the kind of a shit part. They accomplished their mission, but the cooling unit was never put into place. What? Instead... They filled the room with cement to solidify the structure oh, for above. For fuck's sakes. And according to the film that I watched, 
they said that roughly a fourth of the men that dug this tunnel died at the age of 40. It was 2,500 of the miners died. Jesus. I mean, that's just sad. Yeah. And and so, <laughs> so then they did this, okay? Now, after doing this, they brought in some more soldiers. They uh, they called them um, shit. I'm gonna get this wrong. They called them shit. No, they uh, fuck. Oh, I can't remember the t- exact term, but they were basically uh, human robots. Okay, that's what they kind of figured them drones as. or something. Yeah, like, synthetic hu- human drone, whatever. But they weren't. They were just humans. They did not know the extent of the radiation. They just kind of were like. Eh, Okay, well, well, we know this, this. So what they would do, they had to clear the t- the roof. Mm-hmm. So they would take them, put all this stuff on them, bring them out, led by a guy. They would like try to dump off so much shit into the into the the, the reactor. The reactor. Yep. Get like all this stuff. It took them on and on. I think maybe a few months or whatever it was to actually get it cleared Jesus. off and some of these guys actually became really sick oh, I would imagine and, and all this stuff is like you know going on they, they don't know how to actually contain it and what they actually ended up doing was building a structure because at this time they actually had like um, they brought in like bulldozers and stuff like that and some of it actually was autonomous mm-hmm so they didn't like have remote to, control yep, kind of yep that's yep, cool didn't have to stay there, and they limited how much people were like, could actually be on the site mm-hmm. at one time. And they actually built a structure to go over it, over the over the reactor to hold to to like shroud it. Huh. Now, almost like a big like uh, decontamination chamber kind of sorta yeah, but. That actually or containment chamber, whatever you want to call it. Now, within the past, I don't know, uh, ten years or so, like that, it actually has started to degrade. So now they actually are have actually built another one mm-hmm. off, and are actually like I guess it's going to swap them, kind of. No, it's actually going to go right over top of it. Oh, but you know, we have better technology now, so we have a better capability to stop or slow down the well, it, the radioactive. But it's still Leak, kind I mean, of. People are going there, and like I saw this one guy that was actually, he was in Prepiate, and he actually went to the hospital, mm-hmm. and there was the, remember the um, fireman that I talked about? Yep. Well, he, he found actually, his clothes or something. Yeah, right? he found yeah. his clothes, and actually tested the clothes, and the clothes were still super radioactive yep. because clothing, uh, it, it, that stuff, radiation clings to fabric. Yeah. Um, which is why they always tell you, like I said last week, if you're ever exposed to radiation, change your fucking clothes as soon as possible. Leave that stuff out somewhere else, butt ass naked into your house, new clothes. Yeah, because you get you have less chance of being uh, potentially like physically harmed dose wise the the quicker you get out of it. Yeah, and they said that um, was I was watching some stuff about it of. What they want to do with Prepriate, it, it's kind of like turning turn into like a touristy thing. Yeah. And they're like, listen, 
okay, we got to do something about this. But they're like looking at, they're going, okay, um, shit, can we implode it on these buildings on themselves? No, we can't do that. Because there's so much radioactive material in yeah. there, it's going to cause another it's, issue. It's going to co-op and then go out and then yep. we're fucked even more. You would, you would literally have to tear it down and remove it. Like, mm-hmm. physically tear it down, yep. not like... And there would... Uh, would um, They'd have to tear it down piece by piece. Yeah, you'd, you'd have to have crews go and do it. You couldn't have, like, a wrecking ball and they're smashing shit up because that's going to throw but all that the, stuff around. The thing is with that is that it's going to... It's cost... The, the cost for the Ukraine is so high. And they've actually tried to have help with it. And the another thing is to tr- the contamination, and everything. What they want to do, like what Fukushima did, right? Which is basically take a lot of. They took like tons of of uh, soil. Mm-hmm. They've actually like took it, kind of buried it, it. Sort of, yeah. And it's actually the contamination has been wiped out. Mm-hmm. Well, to do that here is a lot more work, right? And so they're just basically just like, I, we don't know what to do. Leave it, I guess. And I, I did find a couple of really good reasons why they should just leave it. I mean, you know. But it's going to fall apart on itself and then, right? you know. But, uh, you know. So, yeah. So I guess at this point, so let's take a little bit of a breather and uh, we'll come back. Yeah, we are back from our break. Yes. Um, so we basically have finished talking about the event itself and kind of the immediate aftermath. So obviously we've also mentioned that there's people that, you know, you can, you can still visit this place mm-hmm. now. There's been a lot of people that have visited there, like, uh, doing paranormal stuff. A um, lot of people. Like, um, what was it? Uh, Josh Gates. Destination actually. Truth, I think was the name of the show. Yeah. Josh Gates was on it. Yeah. Fucking excellent show. And he actually... In my opinion, he got some really interesting stuff. I know there's a lot of people that say, you know, paranormal shows on TV are fake. I tend to agree to an extent. Um, I don't know. I, I think that some of the stuff they found there was pretty compelling. Some some of the stuff uh, on some of the episodes, on some of the shows, you just can't fucking make it. Right. Up. I mean, I've I've seen some like a few different paranormal, uh, you know. And, episode and he's a, he's a skeptic himself where like they get stuff and he tries to debunk it and when he can't he's like what the fuck is this yeah and i've seen him actually go to places that others have gone and actually get right shit, or he's gotten more right or he'll go somewhere where people have gotten stuff and get nothing uh-huh. so i mean it's it's not it more, more often than not episodes of that show ended with them saying well we didn't really find much but you know here it is yeah um I still, I think you can still find that on, <clears throat> on uh, Amazon Prime if you have Prime Video. It's a good show. Um, anyway, so obviously there's been people that have gone there doing ghost hunts and this, and that, and the other, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of them eat at the Pripyat Hotel. The there's like a, a, a visitor area where you have to you have to stop there before you go in, so they can do like um, uh, get like your baseline radiation level, so that they when you come out they know where you're at. And they actually have to give you a meter. Yeah, and they, they give you, like, iodine and stuff with your lunch to help, uh-huh. you know, help you not get sick. Um, but we've got a couple of different directions we can go here. Do you want to talk about some animals first or some conspiracies first? Flip that thing. Animals. Animals. Cool. So, 
the amount of wildlife that has come back into the area since there's no people there is insane. Um, they have... Yeah, because it's like, you ever see the show, uh, um, there's a show called uh, Life After Humans? Yes. It's very similar. This fucking place is like that. It's so weird. And I mean, most of the animals there, when they have been um, like tranquilized and had like blood testing and stuff done, most of them are radioactive, which technically makes them mutants, but most of them have not mutated anything mm-hmm. different. Um, there is a some specific breed of like barn swallow that has mutated but they can't quite tell if it's um if it's like mutation or if it's adaptive um evolution yeah because like their beaks have gotten shorter and thicker instead of like swallows where they usually have a little bit longer kind of a a fragile almost beak theirs are a little bit shorter and thicker for like cracking into other stuff to eat so so it's like is that a mutation or is that an animal evolving to its new surroundings 50-50? 50-50? Right. <laughs> so, since the whole thing happened and there has not been anybody actively living there, you're having packs of gray wolves coming back into the area because when the plant itself was active and the whole area was populated, obviously the wolves were staying away because there's people, there's a lot of commotion. Wolves tend to not go near people unless they have to, like if they're really hungry. Mm-hmm. So they've been kind of, they've avoided the area. Now they can move back in, and they they have like the surrounding area. They've had more more wolves in that area than they have any time that they anybody can really remember. And they're pretty goddamn big. I'm seeing oh, like dude, some they're huge on, wolves. Yeah, they're pretty damn big. Um, another animal that has started popping up that people have started seeing because there are there are biologists that obviously study these animals and the effect of the radiation on them. Um, they're starting to see links in the area, mm. which were never there beforehand. Oh, wow. So they're moving in to fill another role in the food chain uh-huh. because you're having smaller animals like your groundhogs and uh, other rodents, rats, raccoons, whatever. So these are also taking over a part of the food chain there, which nature is taking the whole thing back, which is really, really cool. After humans destroyed it the animals are just like "Eh, we got this possibly the scariest thing that goes on there is there are radioactive boars which i'm pretty sure that's how you get orcs in the first place but i don't know um but there are people that actually hunt these and eat them oh wow which i can't i don't know if you can cook radiation out of food i don't know i wouldn't want to try it um and also, these boars are fucking huge. These are Russian boars. Yeah. Um. They, they. There's like that's probably the biggest boar that you can. Yeah, I mean, some some of them top out at you know five to six hundred pounds. They're huge animals. Yeah, because I what was it. Uh, some of them actually were brought over to the United States. Yes. Uh, there. There's a Alabama. lot of them out west. Alabama, I think, has yep. some of them. Um. Well, the the thing is with wild pigs though, is they breed like crazy. They migrate like crazy, and they're really, really destructive, which is why a lot of places down south like Oklahoma and Texas, people will pay you to come onto their property and shoot these pigs because they just tear everything up. And they kick other animals out of the area that would be 
part of the yeah you know the the cycle as well because they have no they have no food because the the pigs are eating it all. I mean, there are some animals that I guess are in have been impacted by Chernobyl mm-hmm. and actually have had genetic mutations. Right, but it's not as not as frequent as people would think. It's not like the fucking Simpsons, Simpsons with the three-eyed fish everywhere. Yeah. Um, I mean, a, a lot of it is, is mostly uh, cows, where they have weird, like, birth defects where, you know, they have, a, like, misshapen heads or too many limbs or whatever, and they die off anyway very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people that have actually seen golden eagles, like, build nests in the remains of the old reactors. Which is really cool to think that, because I mean, if if you look at if you've ever gotten up close to a bird nest, <clears throat> it's not all organic material. You'll find straws, cigarette butts, mm-hmm. all kinds of shit. Like whatever birds can find, they will use for a nest. They're really creative. What was the other one I really wanted to talk about? The oh, uh, the the wild dogs in Chernobyl. There are people that go in and um, they try to. They try to get as many as they can and um, uh, neuter them, like neuter, spay and neuter them. Mm-hmm. But if there's a female that's had puppies, they take her and the litter, and you can actually adopt Chernobyl puppies. Wow! And I mean, they're all like they're basically just domestic dogs, but they're wild because they have nowhere else to go. Really? Yeah, I guess there's uh, elk too. There, elk, uh, bison. Um, there's actually a, a species of horse. Yeah, I saw that. that. Yeah, it, it had never been in the area. And because this happened, the species has, with a little bit of help from, like a little bit of a helping hand from humans, has saved itself. Mm-hmm. They're basically, um, I believe they're like the Mongolian horses, like what the, like what Genghis Khan and his guys would have had. Yeah. Um, there was, at the time of the explosion, like the, the, uh, incident there had never been wild horses in the area there was there's a place there recently that had a few of them like within the last like 30 years or so had a few of them and they had kind of gotten loose but they kept coming back so they'd go like wander whatever and they'd come back Mm -hmm. so they decided it it was like a a nature nature preserve kind of thing so they're just like let's just let them go and see what happens so they let them go. They started breeding. Their population got up to like 30 to 40. And then in like the mid nineties, people went in and started, um, fucking killing these horses, calling them off. No, they were poaching them. Oh, um, so they dropped the numbers drastically, but in the last like 10 to 15 years, they've gone from a, a, a like a total of 20 up to almost a hundred. So this species is slowly coming back because they have somewhere to go where they are left alone for the most part. And I like I don't know if horses are less prone to any kind of radiation sickness or not because I know horses are pretty rugged animals. Um it's like I, I read that but, uh like the birds have actually um been something to adapt they change their way, their like anti uh, antioxidants yep. in their body, so like to the deal with the radiation, which is pretty fucking cool. Like there's like was it, on this one I was just reading is like they're seeing like seven thousand birds or something. Yeah, and uh, like of multiple different species. Yeah, 
Um, I, I just find it fascinating to see when nature is left alone and not fucked with, just to see what it can do. Yeah. Um, another animal that they have actually started seeing there recently, like in the last, uh, what they say, I think it was like the 15 to 20 year mark, are tanuki, which we talked about in our yokai episode, the raccoon dogs. Yeah. Because they are native to um, Southeast Asia and parts of Asia itself. And they've kind of like spread out and they're actually mm-hmm. seeing them there, which is really, really neat. Because it's another animal that was never there before. Yeah. Um, it's kind of cool. Yeah. So another thing I really wanted to talk about, because I've always kind of, I didn't really know much about it, but I wanted to pull up some stuff on it, is the elephant's foot. Okay. So the elephant's foot is a mass of uh, corium and other materials that was formed during the disaster itself. Um, it's in the uh, steam distribution corridor under the remains of Reactor 4. Yep. Uh, to this day, it's still like the most radioactive part of the entire facility. Um, over the, it, it has been become less dangerous as you go on because like the, the like radioactive material has a half-life and as you get closer to that it becomes less and less uh-huh. um but the weird thing is when it was discovered around eight months after it had formed the radioactivity near it was approximately eight thousand um uh rodigans is the measurement or 80 grays per hour. I'm not sure what what uh, what grays are exactly. Um, but it, it has a 50-50 lethality radiation-wise. Yeah, that, that, that uh, uh, again, that's, their, that's their measurement right. of. That's the, that's the measurement radiation. of radiation. Yeah. Um, but this thing has a 50-50 lethal dose of radiation within five minutes of exposure. Um, the first picture that was ever taken of it was actually taken with um, like a Polaroid camera because you couldn't get close enough to actually look at it. The guy that took the picture had to like tip the camera around the corner and just hope he was lined up and hit the hit the button. Speaking of uh, that, have you actually uh, uh, not to get off topic, but because you just said camera mm-hmm. and stuff like that, have you actually ever seen footage uh, like uh, uh, not footage but uh, film? Or pictures of uh, of like sh- images shot from like Fukushima, not Fukushima, but uh, from from uh, Chernobyl. Mm-hmm. It's fuck. It's super weird. It's almost like it, it goes to like super exposure, where you take the shot and you actually have like lines and stuff. Oh, it's got to be from the radiation, yeah. I would think, right? Oh, that's fucking nuts. Yeah, I was like, because there was a guy that uh, um, was a reporter that actually flew over. And he didn't really realize what was going on, that he was actually being exposed to radiation until after, like, after. And he was, like, looking at it. He's like, wow, what the heck is all of this? Coming, you know, when he exposed his, um, his, his, uh, footage mm-hmm. and was like, what is all this crap? You know, because it's just lines and everything else. And just kind of, like, really weird. Yeah. It's weird how stuff like that can mess with film. Uh, I almost almost wonder if you were to go back there now with, like, digital cameras, if you'd get the same stuff. Probably. Or if it was just because it's on film. 
because I, I mean, know. if it has something to do with the exposure, it might not happen the same with digital stuff. Probably not. Because um, it's kind of like when you look at, um, uh, like old video, like old video from the '90s where somebody has a camera and they go by a computer screen and it's all fucking wiggly uh-huh. woggly. But you do the same thing with like a digital camera now, and it's like f- fucking whatever. It's a screen. I don't care. Sometimes it's sometimes sometimes, it but not nearly as often. Yeah. Um, you ready to get in some weird ass conspiracy stuff? Okay. Okay. Hanging on. So I got this from a website called uh, ChernobylPlace.com. And I'm going to read it directly from the website because it's just easier that way. And, you know, that way, if anybody wants to get on there, they can follow along. Okay. So there is a list of conspiracies as to what actually caused this other than malfeasance and arrogance, which is what actually caused it. One of the allegations as to what could have caused it was a local earthquake. Um, there was some seismic activity recorded at about the time of the incident. Because a fucking huge explosion happened. Exactly. <laughs> so that was my thought was, eh, yeah, you got seismic activity because this fucking giant thing exploded. Yeah. Yeah, it's too close to the time to be a coincidence. To be like, oh no, it was a, it was an earthquake. It's like shut the fuck up, people. <laughs> like are you fucking high? Get out of here. Um, if you're high, pass it on. Yes. Number two is tectonic weapons, and this is interesting. This version, in fact, is a, conti- a continuation of the previous um, earthquake idea, okay. but it assumes that the earthquake was not natural, but caused by a tectonic weapon. Something kind of like harp, almost. Which we need to talk about that shit because that'll give you a fucking headache. Um, There is evidence during the Cold War that tectonic weapons were being uh, intensively developed by both the U.S. and the Soviet Union. This particular, this ooh, the particularity of this weapon is that its use is difficult to distinguish from a conventional earthquake. So you can almost cause a man-made earthquake, which you can't tell is a man-made earthquake. Okay. I don't know if I don't know if tectonic weapons are real, but I wouldn't put it past the governments of the world to have come up with some shit like this. Huh. Interesting. I mean, th- these are also Mystical two countries person. where one of them developed a space-bound missile defense system to shoot intercontinental ballistic missiles out of the sky. And the other, at one point in time, was trying to make super soldiers by crossbreeding humans and chimpanzees. So, would you put tectonic weapons past them? I I wouldn't. <laughs> we, we need to do that one, too. We've been talking a lot about weird Russian shit lately, I've realized. But we gotta, like, Stalin's fucking ape-human hybrid program is ridiculous fucking weird weird shit like he wanted gorilla men soldiers that like had the strength of gorillas but the intelligence of men and like good old uncle yosef it's like it doesn't matter you don't have to be intelligent to run an ak-47 they're not hard children use them listen, <laughs> listen mister it you, children you. can field strip them very very quickly i've watched it so i'm pretty <laughs> sure if you're an ape man you could probably figure it out and if not you just fucking beat somebody to death with it it's a bat and it weighs like 15 pounds anyway. That's true. Of course, oh, Jesus, back then they would have given him Mosins, too. Fucking Christ, a 30-pound Bodor that shoots 308s. 
I love mine. <laughs> <laughs> so another theory, I, and I knew that was coming. Oh, dude, <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's my literally my favorite rifle. <laughs> Number three, and this one, as much as I, I sometimes like when we get on the topic, I shit on it. But UFOs uh-huh. make sense. Because there was actually, there'd been multiple UFO sightings uh-huh. in the area leading up to uh-huh. the incident. And I have some pictures from this website I'm going to steal and put up of UFOs around the facility. Well, it's actually not the only place because there's actually been... Uh, they had them around like Three Mile Island. Yep, there's actually... Fukushima. Yep. Um... A they, lot, a lot of, a lot of uh, nuclear facilities have actually had yes. sightings of. of um, them. What was the other one? There was a uh, um, fuck. I want to say it was either Montana or Idaho. One of the um, one of our ICBM yep. Uh, silos. Yep. Had one. They had a sighting, and then all of a sudden, these fucking missiles armed themselves. Yep. It was. Uh, it's um, uh, Oklahoma. Or was it? Uh, it no, Montana. Montana. Yes. It's uh, fuck. I can't think of the name of it. Um, Yes, it's in Montana. Yeah, though. Um, but I'm going to grab some of these pictures. NORAD. Nor, uh, NORAD's in no, Colorado. No. Oh, no, no. Ah, fuck it. I don't know. <laughs> it. It wasn't like one of the big ones. It was just like a, a missile silo. But some of these pictures are pretty damn interesting. Um, I mean, obviously they're taken from a distance. You can't really see what it is. But there's definitely something in the sky uh-huh. that you can see over the plant. I keep calling it a plant. It's a facility of whatever. Um, another theory is radi- uh, radar station Duga, um, which uh, also says Russian woodpecker. Um, Duga was an over-the-horizon radar uh, for early detection systems for missiles, like incoming missiles and stuff. Uh, this radar was actually installed near Chernobyl. Uh, it was, so it was the Minuteman uh, sites at the uh, like, um, Malmstrom... Air Force Base in Montana. It, it was Montana? Yeah, they had okay. the Minuteman uh, uh, Mil- silos. You're right, okay. Um, so this, this one's saying that some somehow the frequencies between the radar and other antennas in the area may have caused some issues, and that, that one doesn't make much sense to me. It's like not being able to have your phone on on a plane. I don't know. I don't know enough about radar or radio stations to know how the um, yeah, the waves can affect things, I don't I don't really know about that either. Uh, obviously, uh, we obviously would have to say the CIA <laughs> could have possibly been, you know, responsible because I would not have put it past our government back then to do some fucking hairy shit and get a, you know. You know, turn a turn somebody into a fucking double agent, kidnap their family, and be like, "Hey, y'all are gonna fuck this plan up, or I'm gonna kill your sister." You know, I, I wouldn't put it past them nowadays to do that shit either. Uh, there's a reason that the CIA exists, and it's to do god awful shit to people in different pla- different parts of the world. Yeah. Um, one of my personal favorites, though, is the Blackbird of Chernobyl, which leading up to the event over the course of a few weeks to a few days beforehand, people were seeing a large black winged humanoid flying around the facility. What does that sound like to you? 
right before something real fucking bad happens. I think we may have had a vodka Mothman. Mm-hmm. You know? But of everything on the list, if there was a conspiracy to have caused something, or it was caused by something other than negligence and being an arrogant prick, I would probably say maybe the CIA. Because, I mean, they've been known to sabotage some shit. Yeah, there's a there was yeah. a, a, a boat that got sunk off the coast of Vietnam, and then a bunch of guys got killed for fucking no reason. Um, mm-hmm. What else did they do? They've done some really nasty shit. Yeah. More stuff than I can even count. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that was all the stuff that I had for that. Um, I, I really kind of, I wanted to dig further into the conspiracy stuff, but there's so much of it that I was like, I, if I was going to do that, I would have had to pick just one, or I could just throw some ideas out and see what everybody thinks. Yeah. You know, I mean, hey, you know, my, it could have been anything except for an earthquake. Comrade Mothman, he he gets around. Okay. Yuri Ivanovich Mothman. <laughs> that's 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 uh, that's you know what's much of a call it's cousin third. Igor Stroganov Mothman. Uh-huh. <laughs> that, I, that's the only other Russian yeah. food I can think of. Borscht. Uh, that's uh, just beet soup though. That sounds fucking terrible. I don't know how they did it, man. Mm. Fucking rock soup and then eating beets. I'd have just fucking killed myself. How does anybody do anything? Ugh. Desperation. You do? That's the only reason anybody would eat beets, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, wait a minute. Or fucking Brussels sprouts, dude. If that was okay. the, if I was on an island and it was nothing but Brussels sprouts, I'd fucking drown myself. Yes. I probably would Ugh. not be not be happy. Barf. Like, yeah. asparagus I could deal with. Like, your piss stinks, but asparagus is at least good. Well, I wouldn't give a shit. I'd be like, whatever, fuck it. Baby baby stinks. cabbage can go fuck itself. Like Brussels sprouts grow into real cabbage, if they're even the same thing, and then eat them that way. Hmm. Okay. I don't think it's the same plant, but I, I I'm not a horticulturist. Or a hoarder. <laughs> no, not really. I, I tend to throw shit out. Um... <laughs> But yeah, that's that's all I got for here. Um, yeah, it fucking uh, Chernobyl. Yeah, this was a uh, fucking. Crazy. I, I learned a lot of shit here that I didn't. I, like, I thought I knew some stuff about it before, but I learned some shit now. Yeah, I, I um, didn't think. I kind of want to watch the HBO show. I've heard it's good. I know my brother. But, was, my, my brother was really pissed. I didn't actually and, watch it. Didn't History Channel do one too, like in a, a series? Because uh, I know there's Chernobyl, and then there's like Chernobyl Diaries. I don't know which one's which. I don't. No, to be honest with you, to be truly honest, I I know that HBO did it, but I don't know beyond that. Okay. If if actually, um, if if it was just you know right, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I had fun with this one. I yeah, almost didn't expect it to turn into two parts, but I'm glad it did. Yeah, well, I mean, the more and more I looked at it, I was like, holy shit. Yeah, this is, it's this like, is fuck, there's some rabbit holes here. Shit. There's a lot of stuff that, you know, a lot more than I thought Yeah, to go into it. And just the sheer ignorance of people. Arrogance, too. And arrogance <laughs> to, I guess, not, not, not ignorance. I guess arrogance was more like it because ignorance because you can't say ignorance because they didn't they they didn't really know enough 
about what, where I would lay the ignorance Everything. would be on the plant manager that was like, no, 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 you're going to do what I said. True. So, I mean, there's ignorance and arrogance there. Yeah. For yeah. sure. And, and, and um, some heroicism. Yeah. Um, you actually, know. you want to talk about a hero from this kind of time frame? Uh, the guy's name was uh, Stanislav Petrov. And I think it was like 1983. He was at a, um, uh, he was at the controls of a uh, Soviet missile system, and they got a false reading showing incoming missiles from the United States. And instead of flipping the switch and going fuck this and firing back, he kind of sat there and was like, "Let's wait and see what happens." And then they realized it was a false reading. Uh-huh. That motherfucker saved the world. Yeah. Well, but. Because he kept a cool head, if he had, if if he hadn't, that would have literally started a nuclear war, World War Three, and most of us probably wouldn't have been here for this. Yeah, you know. So, but I mean, with with, with regards to this- so there, there's there's definitely heroes on both sides of that shit ass war that wasn't technically a war, I guess, but whatever. But but with regards to Chernobyl, the heroes are. The miners, yeah, the guy, the know. guys that didn't want to be heroes. The yeah, the guys that flew over and tried to, you know, doing what they should do. Right. The guys going up on the fucking roof, you know, throwing off uh, the material, you know, risking their goddamn lives. This the the night of the of the explosion, the firefighters, right? You know, they ended up dying. Um. But, I mean, I mean let, let's be honest. A lot of these guys that, that were, were calling heroes, and they are, didn't have any choice. Because it was either you're going to do this or we're probably going to kill you. True. Very Because, I mean, as much as the Soviet Union had changed at this point in time, it was still the Soviet Union. Yeah. Pretty sure there was, they still had some black sites kicking around somewhere. They could have dusted these guys off to and been like, hey, why don't you guys have some fun with these? Yep. Um, so, I mean, reluctant heroes, I think, would probably be the best to... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, those guys, I, I... Very true. I mean, they, they did fucking great work, but I can't imagine they were willingly doing it. No, that's true. I mean, but it's, uh... It's just crazy shit. Yeah. You know, I, cre- it's... And for everything to, you know, have happened, and, you know, it's just... To, to see where it is now, yeah, and still know that there's danger. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's definitely not nearly as dangerous, but it's still pretty fucking dangerous. Well, it's still dangerous because of the fact that if these buildings come down, right, the radiation will then spread, right, and um, spread more and more, and you know, based on whatever. It's like so. What do we do with this with this thing that you know? Everybody's told it's so it's safe. It's safe. Yeah. Okay. You know what? We, how many nuclear accidents have we had? Not many. Unfortunately, I think it's one of those things where they're not going to do anything about it until they have to, and at that point in time, it may almost be too late to do anything safely about it. Exactly. Um. It, it's weird because I mean. You could send people in there and start dismantling stuff, uh-huh. but you dismantle it. Where do you where do you bring it? Where do you put it? What do you do with it? 
It, it's, it's fucking put it in a goddamn mountain. That's what you know we do with our nuclear waste. Put it in a goddamn mountain. But is that still like is that the best way to handle it? I, no. This is technology that I don't know. <laughs> well, like I mean, as a species, I don't know if we're intelligent enough to really know what to fucking do with it once it's gone. Technically, actually, what we can do. There is something. I mean, you can load that into a rocket and shoot that bitch off into space well, if you want, but well, no, there is there is a thing that we can actually use that's actually being used on. Um, uh, I can't think of the name of uh, Air, uh, Air Force, not Air Force, uh, Army base that's in um, Maryland. Um, that I actually was watching. Uh, what is it? Something on History Channel, like how it's made or whatever it was. And how this army base actually gets rid of their waste mm-hmm. is they actually do this like this burning thing where they actually take it and they put it in there and actually they just, burn off nuclear nuclear waste. No, no, no. It just, like they're like they're uh, all their waste that they have. Oh, oh, I'm because sorry. It, because it, well, I'm getting to that. Okay, it actually because it burns at like I don't know twenty times the heat of the sun or something like that. So their theory is actually what they could do is take the at the build a big enough. A facility mm-hmm. this has to be really huge, and they could actually take this and take the nuclear waste and actually put it in there, and it would actually uh, evaporate it. It would, it would really? make it nothing because it burns so hot. No shit. And I'm like, ah, because I, I know cool. there was a plan at some point in time. They had talked about basically shooting nuclear waste off into space. Like, just yeah. shoot it towards the sun and see what happens, which seems like a really stupid idea. Well, it's going to take forever. Right, but when it gets there, like, what the fuck? Oh, shit, it missed. Fuck! I told you go left! Hey, we accidentally nuked the sun. What do we do? <laughs> well, Billy, um, I think we need to just fucking plan on dying, my friend. Well, we caused that black hole that's yeah. in the sun. Too. Black hole sun. Good song. It is. <laughs> uh, well, all right. Yeah, well, with that said. Um, with that said, let's wrap this sucker up. Holy Jesus. Hold on. Fuck. I was just like cycling through pictures of uh, stuff to put up for the Facebook page. This motherfucker, like just outside of the plant, was fishing. And he caught this massive fucking like... It looks like a koi. Come look yeah. at this thing. It's, it's, it's. I mean, he's a, it's fucking huge. Yeah, I seen a picture of it's it. It's got, it's probably Red. like thirty fucking yeah. pounds. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking huge. Holy shit! Anyway, it's a big fucking fish. Anyway, um, with that being said, let's uh, let's call it a night. But you know what? With all the dangers we've been talking about, like radiation poisoning and stuff, you know what won't give you radiation? Studio headphones. Yes. That's right. Go check them out over at studio.com. And find out those headphones, earbuds, or Bluetooth speaker. And once you, when you, once you find what you want, put it in your basket and, and go check out. Put the promo code of DarkWindows15 in. Get 15% off your entire purchase. I, I can attest to that speaker. Uh, it's like 14-hour battery life. It's super loud. Uh, buy one. With the, with the discount code, it brings it down to like right around like 120-something bucks. Fucking absolutely worth it. Hey, if, and, and guess what? If you happen to forget actually where you have to go, you're like, Dark oh, Windows Pod. <laughs> yeah. So go to darkwindowspod.com. We have links to everything there. Um, 
Everything show pages on on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We have links to our Age of Radio, where you can listen to all of our episodes. Links to our Patreon, where you can go become a patron and get a bonus episode once a month and get some fucking stickers that are made in-house by my personal production team, a.k.a. my wife, and I just pay for the materials and she has fun with her little sticker machine. Hey, and I have to say, I, I got to bunny a little bit, right. but I have been noticing that the total listeners... We're getting there. We're getting more and more. It, the listeners versus uh, downloads is, you know, it's a competition. And you know, We're I, only off by like a thousand. I don't give a fuck if you download the show. Just listen to it. That's all I ask. <laughs> if you download it, it doesn't go off your data on your phone plan, though, so it's easier that way. Uh-huh. Um, and you can also find links to our Threadless shop, where you can get all kinds of wild shit with our logo on it. Um, and at some point in time, I think we need to do another art contest for some more shirts and stuff, and I've got a pretty fucking cool prize to give away with it. We've talked about this. Yes. So I think we're gonna we should do that soon. I think. And if you ha- and if you're a Patreon subscriber, we will get better. Yeah, we have to get better. We apologize. Shit got, like the fucking world kind of came to an end there for a yeah. minute. So we, we we need to get better. Yeah, we need to we, we need to start better. doing them. And I, we apologize. Yeah. So so give us money and we will give you shows. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you an extra show once a month. Yeah. That's worth five dollars, I think. What do you think? Sure. There's there's fucking podcasts out there that are getting ten dollars, twenty dollars for that shit. Uh-huh. We ain't those guys. You wanna know why? Because we're not that good. But fuck it. We can but still we'll still put out an extra show once a month. You got it. You know? Anyway, just because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean that the dark can't see into you. But you might glow from a nuclear reactor. Also, we're going back on our road trip next week. We're starting back up with some more fucking cryptids.